Hello and welcome to today's episode and before we jump into today's topic I just want to take a moment to express our gratitude to our major sponsor Pertech. To have a global company not only support the show but actually support the vision of the show which is to treat you, the listeners, as teammates. Where before every episode we will ask how can this help someone else or basically how can I help a teammate. Pertech is a global company and a leader in its field that provides high quality products, services and solutions to multiple industries across the globe. Their purpose is to keep businesses operating. If you have Pertech on your team, they will never let you down. We're honoured to have Pertech on our team as a sponsor of our show because by partnering with Pertech, we're able to continue to provide you with content that we hope helps or inspires you in some way or someone else you know. So with that being said, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome team, very excited today to bring Taito Avasa. You don't need much of an introduction, mate. I mean, you're, you're a global uh, sport, sporting star in the UFC. You have a million followers on your Instagram and growing rapidly. You probably need no introduction, mate, but... Um, I will introduce it in a way that I'm, I'm very respectful for what you've done, mate. I, uh, I've known you for a while, not, not super closely, but usually through mutual connections and different experiences over the years. But I'm so respectful for what you've done for yourself to be sitting here today in a studio, 2-7 Project in Western Sydney, and you own it, mate. Uh, it's yours and there's a few of you guys here in this building, this studio that are sitting, it's yours. Uh, the building out here, it's um, the stuff you're doing. We're sitting here now and you you got your Drink West t-shirt on and your FTA hat on. These are all your brands, all your businesses. Like, mate, I, I just love it. I just love watching what you do as well as loving you in the cage, mate. I love how you fight and how you live your life. So thanks for coming on the show, mate. Uh, nothing is scripted, always. And I love that about chatting with you because I don't think anything's ever scripted with you. So, uh, <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you always play that down to uh, uh, you're a very smart man. You are a very smart man. Uh, thank you for having me yeah. and thanks for coming back. Yeah, uh, yeah. we well, recently recorded with Shaq Mitchell here and mm. this could be a new home for my uh, podcast actually. Uh, always welcome. Yeah. So... Mate, I might as well start with there was a, there was a day, there was a day um, we trained together actually on the Gold Coast. You were up there in a training camp, and again just through um, different people and uh, connections, and you came into the footy team I was with at the time, and then I actually come and and trained with you and your staff, and I'll never forget it because it was a hard workout. You know, like Stevie was running you through your paces. Mm-hmm. And, trying to put me through mine and uh, he said to me, mate, for the next round, for three minutes or might have been five or whatever, you are punching Ty and he's not allowed to punch you. So I said, well, thanks, Steve. <laughs> thanks for that part. <laughs> thanks for that part. So I got told I had to try to hit you for about three minutes. And look, I'm a lot light. I'm, I'm not super fit, but I'm a lot lighter than you and you're a big heavyweight and I thought I'll, I'll land a punch surely. Mate, I couldn't hit you. So this is where um, the respect for you as an athlete, like 
mate, I watch you and Jaquille do backflips and rolls and like athletic type skills that, you know, you usually see 50 kilo gymnasts do and you guys are like 130 kilos, so athletic. And I tried my best to punch you and I couldn't, I couldn't, well, I don't know, you were playing with me. I'm so glad that Steve made the rules, you can't punch me, right? But I really loved that. Like I loved watching you, I loved being a part of your little session there. But then you hit me up in the car park after it. You said, hey, do you got any sponsors you can get me? And um, I don't know if you remember the conversation. I said to you, mate, like, with all respect, you're known for swearing in your press conferences or doing this or doing that. Mm. I believe you should make your money from fighting and I believe you should make your money from being you. Mm. Just be you. Because... The type of corporates I would go to, they, they wouldn't really align. They love you personally, like all the CEOs and all the, all that. They all love you personally, but sometimes they couldn't put their brand to that. And I'm sure you've had experiences with that that you might share. But my advice at the time was just be you. And now all these years later, mate, you are, you are killing it just being you. Yeah. Is, am, I, is, am I right to say that? I try, try. Um, yeah, we talked about this before. I had, a, I had like a little instance. I, I, I remember that asking you, and it was kind of hard at the time, like because I was just starting out, you know. And obviously, coming from what do we know out here and, and doing whatever we're doing, and then going into try and live a normal life and, and and try and do the right thing, it was hard for me at the start and. I had that first uh, run in with the, with a the company. They gave me some money, uh, gave me like fifty k or something. And I did a post on Instagram, and I and I did what I do, like you said, and um, I swore or whatnot on the, on the thing. And they messaged me and said, "Oh, do you mind if you take that down?" And I just sent them the money back, and I said, "Not really. You can get fucked." Like I don't didn't listen to my mum growing up. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go and listen to you. So uh, and for money, I won't, I won't change a thing. So I kind of learnt um, the hard way or whatever way it is. You know what I mean? But I knew that um, if I if I do my thing and, and I, I just put my brain to it, I'm sure I can represent myself and make money off myself. Well, yeah, because the fight game. I mean, there's obviously the professional side and the training side that will go into, and the technical side. But the actual selling the fights, like. Mm. there's a point of difference with you now. Like when, when you watch a UFC press conference, like people want to hear from you because mm. you're just being you. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of um, and especially today, I think the fight game's changed a little bit. You know, the Con- Connors uh, changed a bit. A lot of people trying to put it on for the camera, which, which is smart. You know, they obviously everyone's in it to get paid and, and feed their family, but a lot of them are just fake <laughs> or dickheads. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I don't. I don't really. I just. I enjoy myself. I love what I do, and and, uh, and, it, and it reflects. So those press conferences. What what was that like then? Coming from Western Sydney, where you know you grew up. Um, I'm sure we need to go there. How you grew up, but even even the original fight days. You know, you used to fight on Tomatahuna's shows <laughs> out at St Mary's. The band club. The band club. They were the days. You know, um, you've gone from that to like bright lights of vegas like what what was that like for you when you first hit that scene 
I always knew, but I was I always in my head. I always wanted to, you know, be something or be someone. But um, once you go there, I think I had a, I think I had a, a good warm up with Mark Hunt. You know, Mark took me in and showed me the ropes, and he travelled me around the world. Uh, you know, he really just put me on. And um, once I walked out with him in his corner, and I just I just felt. Like I felt this rush and I felt it's like when you walk out but it wasn't my fight, you know what I mean? And it, I was just holding the bucket and I'm just there to help him and I remember the first time walking out and I was just like, fuck. If I was if I was doing what he's doing, you know what I mean? Like it would be, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a drug. Yeah. It's something you can't, it's like having a grand final all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that's something that I, I've said it before, you know, fighting is like a, you don't get no buzz like that. So then when you've hit the, the selling of the fights and you've got all these cameras on you, like you're talking, you're talking like hundreds of millions of viewers, the UFC. Um, were you nervous when you first sat in front of a mic like this? Or you, it was just cool, wasn't it? I've always been... Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm just. I just do me. You know what I mean. I don't really worry about. Man, I was hated for a long time ago, so I don't care what anyone thinks. You know, and I, and I think it's just I'm cool. I'm just a normal Joe Blow. Yeah. Just I get to do what I I love and enjoy in front of the world, and I get to make a make a, a career off it, and I get to show my family a good life. So I'm very grateful for everything. Talk to me about family. What have we got? You got a young family, son, yeah. I got a little boy, yeah. Carter. Yeah, uh, he's growing up very fast. Yeah, uh, he's the reason why you know I, I did all this, I do all this. Uh, it's for him, and just to to give him a better head start, and not just just it's not about giving; it's about showing, uh, showing him what is possible, and uh, what is real and what is not. I've got a feeling where you're, when you say that you're, you want to give him a, when you say head start, I think I feel you want to provide for him what you didn't have. Is yeah, it? of course. Yeah, which is kind of what we all do. And didn't have uh, you know? much. <laughs> yeah. So can we go, can you tell us how you grew up? I mean, you are so proud of the area yeah. where you're from. Could you, could you share how uh, you grew up? I was up? born here in the pain hospital. Still live here, <laughs> down the road from the Penn Hospital. Um, my my dad was uh, my dad was from Mount Druitt, Shelby. Um, so I was both Shelby and, uh, and Penrith. And uh, I got these are thirteen brothers and sisters, fourteen brothers and sisters, something like that. Um, grew up in a, in a with me and my mum was just me and my mum, and then my dad had. Uh, Eight other kids, or seven other kids at that time, so I had a big Samoan family, and then not really many on on my mom's side. But um, yeah, just grew up, just 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 Hauser styles, you know, and um, that was it. Just yeah, just grateful for, for <laughs> grateful for where I am now, you know, and, and I wouldn't change it one bit. Uh, and I think there's a lot of things we can take out of of, of growing up the way we did. To try and make ourselves better. 
So when you say um, just you and your mum, but there's 15 of you, where does everyone live? No, so my, my dad's got kids to different women. Ah, right. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> so you and your mum, so there's Samoan and there's Aboriginal yeah, family, right? Yeah, my yeah. mum's Aboriginal. Mum's Aboriginal. And have you learnt much about her side of the family, where you're from and where your people are from? So my grandmother is uh, from Queensland. Yep. She didn't really uh, tell us much. Okay. Um, if if that was yeah, if you know much about that, like yeah, she wasn't really strong on letting us know about anything or, or kind of oh no no just me. She was a bit older. Uh, my great grandmother. I, I was I was closer to my great grandmother. My grandmother, we weren't really that close. Okay. Um, she's passed away now, but um. Yeah, I, don't, I never really had. Uh, I got uh, my grandfather still lives in Redfern, but yeah. uh, there's not really much contact. Okay. I haven't really had grandparents. Okay. And on my dad's side, they uh, both passed away. One passed away before I was born, and one passed away when I was uh, a little younger. Yeah, right. Because I mm. I see you carrying the flags, and um, you're very proud of that. That where you're from, your background, mm. and stuff. So, yeah, I would imagine there's some some stories there. Oh, I'm Aboriginal, I'm proud. Uh, but if you ask, like, culture, was I raised with, like, Aboriginal culture and stuff like that? And, uh, no. A lot of it was, lot, like, uh, in my family, a lot of uh, alcohol and, and drugs and, and and stuff like that. So I didn't get to to experience much, like, uh, proper culture. Or yeah, okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you interested in learning more? Oh, definitely. I, I was... I always want. I, I need to learn my Samoan again. I need to, uh, but <laughs> I've got to. I've got to move. I've got to work. Yeah, I've got to keep. I've yeah, got to yeah. keep putting on for my people. I, I'd love to sit around and learn and yeah, and and, and uh, extend my knowledge of of my cultures as well. But right now, I got to. Yeah, I got to work. That's fair. I'm sure it'll come, and you'll you'll pass it on to your son. Yeah, I, I definitely. Um, I definitely want to uh, get back in touch. Yeah. Uh, definitely, yeah. Talk to me about Ty the Teenager. Like, freakish athlete for sure. I mean, you were a gun rugby league player. Mm. You can obviously fight. Was there anything else you were into? I can do it all. Hey, I heard that. that. I, heard I that. can do it all. No, Swimming. I, I did hear. Golf. Whatever yeah. you want, I can do it. Basketball. Fob original. That's it. That's nah, it. basketball, I'm pretty shit. Oh, yeah? Yeah, non-contact sports, I'm not really. Okay. I get too angry. So talk to me about Ty the Teenager because, and also FTA, like that's your brand now. That's mm. a pretty good brand that um, you do so many good things too for a lot of people, not not just making money. You actually do, a, it all started by doing good for your area. Mm. Um, tell me about Ty the Teenager. Uh, smart ass. Didn't really listen to many people. Uh, obviously, growing up now, probably I don't know what that comes down to, trust issues or, or whatever. Didn't want to open up to anyone, which led to, like, you know, obviously getting in trouble or not, but obviously, like, footy and stuff, it's always knew better than the coaches or, or stuff like that, which uh, we talked about this the other day. It's like it's people, you've got to know where they're from and, and what they're about more than just... Trying to throw something at these kids, you know what I mean? Uh, 
So for me, I was like, I was always resilient. <laughs> yeah. You know, if someone said something, I'd probably do the opposite. Yeah. You know, yeah. but um, that's kind of still like me as till still today. I'm I'm a bit of a cunt. Yeah. But like as in that pushes me. Um, if someone says I can't do something. I'm like sweet, what's this? Yeah. Like I'll go and do it. But um, obviously you grow up. <laughs> you have to grow up in life. That's how life works. And so you're saying you never, you didn't listen to many people. You probably anyone with any authority, say like a coach or a teacher mm. or whatever. You kind of like had this yeah a bit of distrust towards them. But advising now your own son going through that would would you suggest anything different or because there's two things there. I think the people in those positions mm. need to learn more about. The fifteen-year-old kid that we're talking mm. about, or the thirteen-year-old, or the twelve-year-old, whatever, whatever the tie, <laughs> all, all of Thai's years actually. Um, but still to today, yeah. I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a perfect. I'm still, yeah, I'm still a, you know, I'm still like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's twofold. There's lessons for people out there that are coaching guys like you, mm. and there would have been reasons why you were. You said there was a level of distrust. So I think the first thing those people need to do is earn your trust first. But they probably never did. They probably just went down and you must do this, must do this. And you were just like, you know. Mm. Um, but now even advising your own kid as he starts growing up, what, what would your advice be to a, a young Thai? The thing with me was is my my... All my examples, all my role leaders were were not good examples. All your role models weren't. Were not role good role models. Yeah. So there there was the difference between me and my son is is who he looks up to now is we're doing something. Yes. People I looked up to <laughs> Yeah. We weren't really doing much, going going to jail or, or doing something. Yeah. It's not good. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's easy for people to look and judge. Yeah. It's not. It's it's, it's 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 deeper to to try and find out. And now I know. You know that's like you said about my son. If he looks up to the people he looks up to, we, we own businesses. We own. Yeah. Uh, you know his uncles are doing this. His his aunties are doing this. His, you know he's. It's different. It's a different world. Yeah. So. His examples are his are his examples. My examples were my examples. Good Two on you, very man. different things. Good on you, man. Mm. What about your influences of a, as a fighter? Like when you were a kid growing up, you're obviously good at fighting. You must have done a lot of it. I've got a feeling. <laughs> um, did you have any fighters that you looked up to? Mark Hunt. Yeah, yeah. he was. He were. I still remember when Tamar. Um, he called me and, and he was like, uh, I was I was in a pretty bad position too. Um, in my life, kind of, I was heading down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I wasn't in a good um, good spot. And I remember Tama ringing me, going, "Oh, Mark wants to fly to New Zealand." <laughs> I was like, "Fucking Mark, who?" Yeah. He goes, "Mark Hunt." I said, "Nah, get fucked." Like, no, he won't. No, why does he want to fly me? I go, well, they, they all know about you. Like, because I was on a bit of a, I started fighting, but I was still being a, a clown as well at the same time. I never took fighting serious. I still didn't take it serious until 
until uh, until I heard I was having a kid. And then by the time the nine months, I signed to the UFC. Yeah, right. I, I, I can if I if I put my mind to it, I can go. I can go get it. But it's more. I need to. Uh, I need to say it to myself. Well, well, I remember. So Tama and Jamie Tahuna was fighting in the UFC at the time. Yeah. Who I used to work with, and he used to. Uh, and you know, we put a bit of a team around him and stuff, and uh, he used to talk about you all the time, man, all the time. Uh, Tama, you you were like his his baby. <laughs> yeah. And and but Jamie was like the ultimate pro. So we. He is the ultimate pro. Yeah, man. He <laughs> he had. He was doing like four sessions a day. He'd yeah, come and crazy. see us for some. He still trains like that. Yeah, he's yeah. crazy. And, man, I even remember like I'd come and watch you train now and again or I'd be at a fight with Jamie. He was fighting in Vegas and we were all there. We even moved out of town to get rid of the distractions of the MGM Grand or wherever we were meant to stay. But we'd bump into you in the elevator and you're just, <laughs> you're, you're just partying, you know. Yeah. And um, so I used to say to Tama, Mate, seriously, when this guy becomes a pro, he could be the world's champion. He could be the best in the world. And and Tama knows this. Mm. But it all has to come down to you. Yeah. You know, so you know what to do, you know how to fight. You can't afford to put the team around you. You've got the resources to do it now. It comes down to if you really want to do it, you're gonna do it, right? Like like but but I heard this like ten years ago from Tama. Like he loved you, man. And um, yeah, so we always knew. And then like I'd bump into your camp on the Gold Coast, and I realised you're getting there. You started like from the the tie I knew when I used to hear stories about you, and occasionally see you. You were knocking guys out in thirty seconds in local shows and stuff like that. To then all of a sudden I saw it. Hey, he's getting more professional here. There's some something starting to go. I didn't know it was to do with your child. And then you know, then I saw you. You've been in Dubai for a few years, like that. Mm. I looked at that and I went, "Wow, like that's a sacrifice. That mm. that means he means business now." And I'm, I'm looking at it from afar, going, "I love seeing where this is going." Because it was all right for us back then, going, "Look, if he just becomes professional," but you had to learn to do it. And yeah, then definitely. you had to, then you had to want to do it. And then the sacrifices I've seen you make recently. Where are we at right now in the UFC? Like, can you be the best in the world? I'm one of them. Yeah, I know. But I want, I want I'm you to say number five in the world. That's yeah. a, that's a. Wow. This isn't New South Wales. This is no, Queensland. This is the this world. Is the world. Yeah. A lot of people are quick to. Uh, I still get. Uh, <laughs> I still get asked do I train. That's fine. That's sweet. But like. It's not for anyone to know. Mm. Yeah. So what is there anything I mean now everything's your son, right? But mm. there's something about you, you just love winning. Like, like I think I'm I think I'm only starting. I think like you know, you've known me for a long time and I'm only starting to become a better professional. Yeah. Like fighting is all sweet. I can fight. I'll fight uh anywhere, anytime, but it's more about wanting to train, wanting to learn. You, you know this yeah, as, yeah. As, a, as a coach. Like, it's it's it's. Everyone can tell tell you or show you. Mm. It's it's all down to what the fuck do you want to do? Like, what do you? Yeah. And that's that's my biggest thing. Uh, I'm stubborn and I'm, I'm, I'm you 
you know, whatever else. But like, when I want to do it, you know, I'll show you. It's, yeah. We can, I'll show you how we can get it done. Yeah, I, I can see it. Like, you mentioned before, it's like a drug when you come out. Like, I see you come out for a fight and you got that flag and you just love it. Like, mm. your your energy, the whole stadium just loves. They can feel you love fighting. And I watch it and I go, he's going to be the best. It's going to come. But you've, only, you've just said it yourself. Like, when... It's learning to be more and more professional. That's that's the thing that's been in your way in the past. Yeah. And you, you're getting there, mate. I, I love when it. When I say professional as well, I mean, I, mean, I think my, my goals and other people's goals are very different, especially with fighting. Mm. What I've noticed, yeah, a lot of them want to be the world UFC champion. They want to be this, like, for me, that's never really been, it's not a, that's not a thing. I enjoy fighting. Yeah. And I enjoy getting paid. To do what I love, yeah, and I don't care if I'm fucking a hundredth in the world or, or whatever. But if I get paid and I go and like that's I love that. That's what I love. Yeah, I get to. I I'm surrounded with people, some of my best friends who slave their ass every fucking day. You know, and they're happy they're doing their thing, but it's just like fuck. That's that's not. That's not what I want to do. Yeah. It's not. And that's I, I, my reality is every day I look at people I love and, and we're still here. Yeah. People are still stuck in, 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 in ways we can't get out of. And that's fine, but there is a way. And, and I, I'm just happy doing what I love doing. And do you, um, do you take a lot of pride in inspiring this community because you're such a big person on the area? Do you, you take a lot of pride in that? I, 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 I take a lot of pride in... in being from the West, and I take a lot of pride in being uh, my two nationalities. We're, we're, we're already not off to a good head start just from being who we are yeah. uh, in, in reality. That's the truth. Yeah. Uh, and then I think with me, it's more just showing. I want to show these these, these people. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not perfect. I fucking, yeah. I yeah. love drinking piss. Yeah. I love, I'm not a, I love a party. I'm not a, I'm not, yeah, fucking whatever else but i'm i'm i am a normal person and i'm um if you work hard you can you can achieve anything i love it man hey you just said you love drinking piss it just brought me to a funny photo that uh friend shared with me recently uh craig catterick and his wife jen who uh you know very well uh i told him we were going to record and i was having dinner with them the other night they said check this out this photo so the story goes you went for a run. <laughs> we run there. You run and you were going to use the pool for recovery or something. <laughs> so I was with Kat at the time. We worked at the Parramatta Hills at the time. This year, yeah, years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. And um, he gets this call from his wife, Jen, saying, oh, Ty and Tom are just going to use the pool. And that Kat says, yeah, no worries. I'll be home. Tell him I'll be home in an hour. <laughs> he got home and there was at least 24 beer bottles on the side of his pool. And uh, that was a recovery session back then. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, uh, yeah. we jogged there though. Yeah, you jogged. Yeah, yeah we yeah, jogged yeah. there, so we deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> if I can edit that up somehow, I'm going to put the photo. <laughs> it's a true story. But isn't it funny that, I mean, now you're in camp mode, you told me you're not drinking, but you're, you do love a beer. And, and now I'm sure if you told people I'm going to own a beer company one day, 
they would have said, like, seriously? He, like, I reckon people have written you off so many times in your life and you just keep just knocking them out, so knocking them out, knocking them out. You now have a Drink West beer company, which, mm. is, which is killing it, right? Yeah, we're doing, we're doing pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Mate, it, it's such a good story, man, because <laughs> I remember even that when you started it and I've followed it and I've watched it. And I wish I invested in it because someone's going to come and pay you 50 mil for that company. I, I know it. It's what happens. Like it's 500. 500 mil. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we, aim, we aim high around here, H. Mate, you know that. You still know. Our heads are in the gutter, our yeah. eyes are on the stars. That's it. Well, mate, so now, now there's a brewery. I see you got Nathan Cleary on board. Like that's very clever. Like yeah. you always play down this bit about, oh, I don't really, I can't read. Or, like, you play it down. You are, first of all, you're very street smart, but you're very, very clever in the marketing space and you're a very clever businessman, which, again, your children, your people should be proud of. Like, uh, this beer company, Nathan Cleary now involved, genius move. Um, tell me a bit about it. Like, uh, where's it at? Like, I mean... Yeah, I just love it. Like even getting Shannon Noll and Nathan Cleary to sing with you was genius, genius. Yeah, that just went off, didn't it? Yeah, that video. Yeah, we sparked our old good old Shen up again. Yeah, <laughs> was that your idea? Whose idea was that? Yeah, well, yeah, we come. I've got a few. A few ideas. Yeah, it was. It was a. I think that's where our difference is. Like uh, now we've got our own brewery. Now we've we've got a we've got our own brewer. LB is becoming much better. We get to. I think that was a, the issue. Obviously, so how we started drink West is we were uh, me and my friend Jake. We just finished training it, and we're all sitting there and just like fuck. I could do a beer, right? And now uh, no, we just said fuck. We should start our own beer, and we just laughed like. You know how like you're sitting there yeah. training with the boys, and we're just laughing around, and then um, we did it, uh, me twice and, and Jake, and then um, we fucking sold out. Like we were selling the beers, box of beers for like ninety or something bucks, and they fucking sold out, and we were just like, that's, "That's pretty good." Like. Yeah. I'm a Westie. I would never fucking buy beer for ninety-five dollars. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But like, obviously, we had a market there, yeah. and and we had people who were keen to support us. Yeah. So we we run with it, and from the start, we we never sold beer. Yeah. Like we don't know what like we we can drink it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like everyone else. You know what I mean? Everyone we can drink it, but we didn't know. Um, we didn't know. One, we don't know how to fucking make it. Two, we didn't know if anyone was going to buy it. Three, where do you make beer? Yeah. Like we didn't, like, so we, it took us a big, a few big steps which we learned, you know, at the start we were, we were outsourcing the beer, making it somewhere else. We'd go in, the canning people would come and can it. We'd box them up ourselves. We'd tape them up. Like we did that for the first bit, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and we, we, Learning about taps in in uh, in pubs, so the bigger companies own percentages of the taps. So we couldn't just walk into the pub and say, "Oh, can you put us on?" Nah, because it was it's owned. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, we I learned a whole different world, and which I'm still learning now. You know, but 
that's like fuck if we only have to learn it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, someone has to tell us. Once we know, we know. You know what I mean? Then it's up to us to do what yeah. what we want to do. But it, it's been a whole ride, and now uh, we're we're kind of at that point where we're ready to kick it up another level. Obviously, we we got Nafe on board. Uh, Nafe's such a Nafe's just a good cunt. Yeah, like he's just a. He's the poster boy. He's a poster boy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's a, he's legit. Yeah. I've met a few people. Uh, sometimes they're not really all that. They're yeah. not like that. But he's actually a good bloke, and yeah. he, he's a very good kid. And he's he's got a very big future ahead of him on the on the field without Drink West. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, even him coming in on the business and he sits in on the meetings and you know it's good for him to also. Because I think once I played footy as well, they none of them they're not the footy players kind of get babied a lot. Yeah, yeah. And yous always tell oh, you need yeah. to think of something to do after footy, this and that. Yeah. Like I've heard, I've been there. I played yeah, footy. Yeah. Um. Not many of them do it. Yeah. Uh, so it's good to have him on board, and he comes in. We have meetings, and we fucking sit there, and we, you know, bounce ideas off each other, and that, you know, and just. At the end of the day, we're all just free fucking Westies just trying to have a crack. Mate, it's so good. And because now I see all the different varieties, you know, mm. brewing your own. I've got to try the pale ale. That's my favourite. I see it in shops. Yeah, I yeah, see it no, in liquor, I see it in big good shops now. Mate, I, I'm in like shops not even in West. I'm up the coast yeah. and I see you drink West. We're like, with, uh, we, do, we did a deal with Coles, so yeah, uh, yeah. liquor land and uh, first choice. Yeah, uh, we're obviously going to go bigger soon. Now we've got the brewery, we can we can we can make the enough beer. Yeah, before it was a was a struggle with um, outsourcing the beer and, and, and yeah. like it's, then we have to pay them to make it. It's fucking, so we just try to cut out the. Mate, what about it was next minute it was the official beer of the UFC when it comes to Australia. Yeah, like, so we sponsored the UFC, Australasia area. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry for insulting you with 50 mil before. It's going to be 500. Yeah, 500. 500, yeah, 500 makes me feel better. Yeah, it gives going, me a little. It's, go, <laughs> <laughs> it's going global. Gives you a global. Little, hey, you did just way. mention there that you did play footy. So, I mean, we're going off on different tangents, but there's little lessons everywhere. And, and actually a lot of inspiring stuff just comes out of you, mate. Um you played footy. You were contracted at the Roosters, right? Yeah. So you're from Western Sydney. You obviously played yeah. junior reps and that. You were a gun as a kid. All the stories about you and, and Jaquiel and actually yeah. I want to get Jaquiel on here. Oh, he's yeah. awesome. Yeah. He's, he's, like we said, we said, he's one of the most talented people I've met yeah. in general. But you went to the Roosters and you lived with Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Yeah. What was he like? Rog, yeah. Rog is good. Rog is a good guy. Yeah, you stay in touch with Rog? Uh, yeah, we, we, we message you in there. He wants to, uh, he was actually messaging me about uh, starting his own studio. Yeah, right. He wants to do something like this in uh, in New Zealand. He's, his brother's a, a really big influencer and stuff. So I said to him, yeah, fucking, it's, it's the future. Yeah, he's, Get into his it. brother, uh, very talented. Yeah, yeah, he is. Very he's, talented, yeah. man. Very, there. He's very, very talented. I watch a lot of his videos. Yeah, <laughs> Roger, talk about um, watching his videos, his footy highlights, mate. What an athlete! Oh, yeah, he was an animal. What an athlete, he was an man. animal. I would, uh, if I played him, I'd just be co-danger. Yeah, for him. You were, you were. <laughs> yeah, no, he, if I got foot, near him, <laughs> works too good. He, I remember, um, I took my son once. He was a freak. My son he used a to freak. come to work, and Roger was. 
Oh, seriously, I'm just thinking back. And Roger gave him his pair of boots once when those fluorescent high top. He started wearing those high top. Ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's on our wall at home, actually. My son's got it, um, a pair of boots. You'd have some mad yeah. memorabilia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's mad. Um, but I remember I went to the head coach once. So Roger was trying to transfer from the wing to a fullback. And that's, that's, that's like starting a new business. You've got you to get the resources right, you know. You've got to... You got to get fit enough. It's a different role. Wing the fullbacks, a big, big jump as far as fitness levels and stuff like that. And I remember saying to the coach, I said, "Robo, you need to film a documentary on this kid." And he said, "What do you, what do you mean?" I said, "Mate, the making of Roger Tuivasa-Shek, the fullback." I said, "I'm here. I see you in there doing extra video with him. I see Minicello doing educating him on his fullback he, he role. He played fullback for us. Did he as a kid? Yeah, twenties. Yeah, twenties. Yeah. yeah, he played fullback for twenties. Okay, and then I know they were treating it as a real project, and I was like, Henare Wells and him. Yeah, right. No, and then yeah. And I remember at the time, Robbo agreed. He said, "Mate, yeah, this kid's going. Oh, yeah, right. he's, we should be doing a doco." But he goes, "This is Trent Robinson." He goes. Mate, I love all that 30 for 30 ESPN stuff, but no, we're not doing it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, no worries. But in, in 10 years' time, an owner of a club will just say, we're filming this, we're doing this, we're doing, which is starting to happen. A lot of content is starting to be produced across the clubs. But Roger would have been a great doco just on him. He's a, he's a, he's a really good guy. And imagine we took the cameras to your house when you lived with him. <laughs> Uh, it was a fun house. It was yeah. a very fun house. 66, shout out to the boys. Uh, so you're a Mad Panthers man, though. Yeah. Like, so you play juniors for them, but now you go to their games, you wear their kit, you, you do yeah. podcasts with people in the crowd. You, like, you are Western Sydney, so Panthers is your yeah. your team. What's your, uh, what's your take on the Panthers the last few years? We've been, been killing it. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's more about holding the juniors. Yeah. Uh, we've had the best juniors in the comp for, I think, since the start. Uh, Western Sydney comp has the best juniors by far. Uh, do you agree? Yes, 100%. I think it's about, um, what's the word, fucking nurturing them or whatever, you know, like fingering them up. Yeah. Breeding them up, not, not putting them down. Yeah. Um, bringing in blokes from New Zealand or bringing blokes from the country or something like that, you know, it it, um, it hits the it hits us, the people that are from out here. Does it? Oh, you like fuck them? Well, you were one. I was one of them. Yeah. You were one of them. That I remember that. They, I watched them get smashed one time, and um, one of them come up to me. He's like, "Can you come to train?" And I said, "Go fuck yourself." Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was there, but. Not everyone can. Not everyone should do. I just uh, my ultimate uh, decision at the end of the day was, I could see where rugby league was going, and I could see how the media and and when I say it was going, like media influence, people becoming having something to say, and it's more becoming a professional, mm. like becoming this is your job. It's not playing footy on the weekend. Yeah, you know what I mean, like and. I could see them, they were, they were trying to tell me what to say, how to say. I wasn't hanging out with the coaches as much as I should. Like, fuck, if I'm playing footy and I'm scoring two tries a game, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I made my decision and I ran with it and uh, maybe 
I was better at violence than I was. Well, you're very good at the violence game, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and I dare say if you dropped the F-bomb in your, um, your footy press conferences, you would be yeah, and I, and put I, in the line and you'd be like, hey, yeah. get me out of here. I, I, I was like that. Oh, did I just break something? Fuck. Sorry, 2-7. Um, yeah, I was just, it's just like they'd ask me how, what do I think of the game? And I'd say it's fucking shit. Yeah. So you can't say that to her. I said, well, what, what's, what's, what do you want me to say? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not what do you want me to say. I'm saying what I want to say. Yeah, where I don't think Dana White's ever going to tell you what to say. No, I, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> what's your relationship with Dana White? Because I know, um, you know people love him or hate him. Fighters either love him or hate him. I mean, He's yeah. bloody good at what he does. Like Definitely. Uh, my experience with Dana was, um, I think I was with you guys once and met him at somewhere in Sydney, and then bumped into him backstage at uh, Jamie Tahuna was weighing in in Vegas. Mm. I don't think you came with us backstage because you were out no, for party. I was trying yeah. to fight the Brazilians. That's right, and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and you just walked past me, <laughs> fucking scums. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that's right, and uh, mate. So Dana White walks in. With Mike Tyson, this was a spin out. So Mike Tyson comes in, and everyone's like, mate, even Mark Hunt, who was main event, is going, H, can you take a photo of me and Mike? Like, like everyone loved Mike. Yeah. Like, when he walks in the room, like, that's it. Um, and we've got all these world class fighters around us. And so while everyone's getting pictures with Mike, I just said, good day to Dana, because I actually respect what he's done as a business like i think it's oh, he's very 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 good business and this is where he spun me out right like he wouldn't know me from a bar of soap right mm. met him once in sydney and so i said hey dana like i met you in sydney and he goes yeah how's jamie tahuna going it spun me out it spun me out what a skill for a businessman to mm. remember somebody and also remember that connection point that Mate, he, and he only gave me one minute of his time. But I then, I followed him more and I, like, yeah. I, it was a very good skill, you know. Um, he's brilliant at what he does. But what's your relationship with Dana White? My relationship, uh, he's, I'm the worker, he's the boss. That's, I don't really, I kind of, I know my, I know my role. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of it. He's uh, he's been good to me, like uh, you know, but um, it's not like we fucking hang out or go to lunches or fucking barbecues and that. You know what I mean? I message him sometimes when I'm blind, <laughs> fucking hit him up for the jet. <laughs> sometimes he's like, he just types of LOL. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, right. Fuck, yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah it is. It, it's not like uh, Dana's Dana. Dana's my boss. Dana pays me. Yeah, lots, lots well, of money. Uh, oh, could be more. Could but, be more. But hey, um, hey, like, Dana, well, if you're listening, <laughs> there's more. But um, like, that's that's yeah. Dana's Dana's a good bloke. Other than that, but other than that, it's just. But he provides a good platform for you too, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. Like you think about it, you're sitting on top of a cage drinking a shoey that the whole like billions. H, billions I'm giving him something. He's fucking eyes. He's given you, and you're giving him. It's a great relationship. He gave me the fight, I did the rest. Yeah, yeah. Because you now have a point of difference. More people are watching, which makes him more money. Mm. And then you're back here, your beer company's going boom, 
and then you're then putting money back into his company, sponsoring it, and it's just a nice little relationship you and Dana have got. <laughs> that turns into money for both of you. I want to turn into something. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, well, let's finish on this 27 project because I, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Uh, anyone that wants to hire this studio space out there, you've got like, like, like full production shoots. Like it's not just, we're sitting in one of the studios, but it's yeah. a, it's a real creative space. Um, do you want to talk about Twenty Seven Project or yeah. the people involved? You know. Uh, so yeah, Twenty Seven Project is uh, obviously this space here that you've, you've come to now. It was uh, started with Bomber and and, uh, and Nike. They uh, they just had a, a little. Dungy Sport in St Mary's and they, they've done it up and obviously I'm not a fucking creative, I'm not very, or I'm not a cameraman or whatever and I went in and I've known Bomber since school, uh, you know, so we've gone in and I was like, fuck. And I just asked, I had a yarn, you know, and like, what do yous do? Like, what does Nikki do? And what are they, like, you know what I mean? And I was like, we should do so. And then... Uh, we kind of just went back and forth for a bit and um, now we're here. Uh, and it's more just about uh, giving our people out here. We don't have, there is nothing like this out here. There is no. nothing like this. Yeah. Uh, and I, since I started being like uh, on the cameras and doing all this stuff, I have to travel to the city every time. All the time I have to travel to the city. And I was like... Yeah, I'm a Westie, you know, and I was like, fuck that. Like, I want to do something. I want to spot out here. We've got we've got the best sports players. We've got a lot of stuff going on out here. We can do something where it's easy for us to come out here. And then, um, yeah, we've just created this space and it's just full of creative people. Uh, Chris, Bomber, Nikkei, you know, they're, they're, they're creative. It's good. It keeps, it keeps the, the head going. Yeah, yeah, I've no, noticed I mean, like yeah. even just coming and hanging out in there and sitting on the lounge and everyone's tossing up good yeah. ideas and that. Like it was, and it's, it's, it's a nice it's, spot, man. It's a space uh, where people can come and, and like uh, express themselves. And it's, uh, we're doing a lot of, uh, we've got a lot of new shit coming up. Like we're going to team up with Sony, give kids, uh, do fucking, what's the word, like teaching them how to use cameras and this and that, like giving uh I'm bad with I'm, no, no, see, yeah. I'm bad with words. I've got to learn the I've got to learn the dictionary. Yeah, but you're um you know what's the workshops and that you know what I mean? Like do workshops, teach the kids how to use cameras. Nick is gonna do workshops, teach them this. Sony's gonna jump on board. Like we got we got a few things, yeah. uh, you know that we we we're trying to do and, and it's well, good. Well, there's like you're known as this um, this party going fighter. The violence game is you know about, but there's a big heart in there, brother. Like even that stuff you're explaining that you want to do good stuff for people out here. We deserve and, it. Yeah, there's a lot of creative people out here. Mm. Um, there's so many success stories. I think stories. I think I think we deserve. I think it's more about we deserve it. I think it's easy to get uh, thrown in the easy category of criminals or, or just nobodies or yeah. nothings. You know what I mean? I think it's easier to it's easier to pick that 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 route. Yeah, well, instead of putting some time in. You've said during this chat you nearly went down some bad routes. We we don't need to talk about all that. But is is there um is there a real tough time in your life that you look back that 
you got through that. Is there, if, if you had to think of the hardest thing in your life, what pops to your head? The hardest thing. Hard is what you make it. Because mm. there's been a lot of hard. It's always fun when you get out of it. Well, so yeah. it kind of drives you to, I don't know, hardest thing. Do you know uh, there's a saying? There was a, there was a time for me uh, when I picked this whole fighting gig. Um, and when I say picked it, I kind of, um, when I, that means I had to leave or stop or stop doing or hanging out or kind of putting time into something else than what I was doing and, and uh, I did that and then uh, I had my the fight that I needed to get into the UFC uh, I fought it and I snapped my knee he said the the, the guy snapped my knee uh, <laughs> probably because I went the wrong way I should have listened in jiu-jitsu <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I ended up winning the fight he stopped. He didn't want to come out, but I snapped my whole knee, uh, MCL, PCL, lateral, whatever. And um, I had surgery on my knee, and then I woke up with no right arm. My arm was dead, so I had my arm was dead for six months. Uh, I had a drop wrist or something. I think it was from from not moving me while I was on the while I was on the surgery table, and probably because I was skinny. Um, the yeah so my arm was fucked i had no arm for six months i signed my first fight with my left hand and uh i had no arm and they said can you fight and i said yeah and uh i just knew that if i had a time and a place and I had to be there then fuck i'm fighting with one arm or no one fuck off <laughs> yeah hang on and that was a pretty hard time in my life yeah. and my son was born my son was born. I couldn't hold my son for six months. I, I was uh, I was really bad. They gave me these um, fucking what's this what's this pill? Oh, yeah. So you're on. They gave me. They gave. So it was nerve pain. A nerve pain. I've had some pain. Yeah. It's fucking one of the worst pains ever. Nerve pain. Like, it, it, uh, what's this fucking drug? I'm trying to say it because it's the worst drug, and I don't want anyone to take it. Um. I'll come back to you with the name, but this I was just, uh, uh, you know, and my partner at the time, my, my son's mum, I was just eating these drugs and just laying in bed, and, and my son was born, and I was just fucking drowning myself in these in these pills because it was painful. But then it was like that was how you got rid of the pain. So then I was just getting fucking endone or something like that. Nah, what's it called? Lyrica. Yeah, right. Lyrica, yeah. I'll never forget it. It's a, and it just starts making you think bad things. Like and I was just, and then uh, anyway, she come in one day and she's just like, "Ty, you fucking, get off these you're guys. useless. Like, you're not, you're not talking to, you're not talking to her son. You're not, you're not, you're not he. You know what I mean? And, and then I was just like, fuck. And I just threw everything out. And then, like, obviously, I'm not fucking popping pills. They gave it to me because yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that happens to a lot of people. Fuck, I was in some pain after that. <laughs> it just felt like they had a knife in my arm and it was just dragging up and down. And I was just sitting there. I didn't sleep. I was just crying and screaming. But yeah, it was a pretty hard time. Holy shit. <laughs> I was about to finish the podcast and then I've asked you that question. You've blown my mind. So. You've snapped your knee to make it in the UFC, won the fight with the snapped knee to start yeah. with. Yeah. 
you can't move your arm. You sign a contract left-handed. You can't hold your kid. You, you must have gone through a mental stage there. Like, without a doubt, you were plummeting by the sounds of it. And then they said, you want to have a fight? And you're going, yeah, let's get it on. So yeah. tell us about your first fight. This And by this stage, it's for your son because he was just born yeah. and you couldn't even hold him in the lead-up or talk to him. Uh, you weren't, you weren't then there. Then I had uh, I had. Oh, uh, shit. I had uh, a physio reached out to me. Uh, his name's Rashan. Uh, he was just a he's just a fan of the UFC, and he goes, "I'd love to uh, help you." And I, once this happened, I was like, I messaged him, and, and he and he helped me. And uh, man, we started. I remember, do you know the cords from the fucking yeah. uh, from the you know like the wires cables cables, cables you know? yeah, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't pull. The, just the cord with my with my right hand, and uh, it was just a big um, like I've been through some hard things, you know. And, and but this was more um, this is make it or break it. And did you win your first fight? Uh, second flying knee ever to be thrown in the heavyweight division. Sydney it was at home. Yeah, yeah. It was Sydney, so I had to. That was why I said yes. I was there. I can't. I just didn't even remember. Just didn't even link. That was your first one. Yeah, that was my first one. And then, uh, yeah, from there. Just... What's been your favorite fight? Is that your favorite? Uh, they're all my favorite. Even my losses. I like. Uh, my favorite fight. Hmm. Obviously, you you like favorite fights when you win, but I do have to say Cyril Gunn, the Cyril Gunn fight in France. The the uh, the crowd, the the atmosphere is just it's it's why I do it. Yeah, right. it's, a, it's something you can never you can't you can only watch movies and shit about you know. Uh, and they were screaming this this fucking song. I don't know what it was. It's probably like the Brazilian song saying "fucking cut the head off" or something. But yeah. the power and and the energy, the energy you feel. I remember just looking at him while we were fine. I said, fucking, how about this? And he just goes, yeah. And we looked at him. And we just continued to, he continued to kick the fuck out of my guts. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah. Because you always say you just love banging. Yeah. I'm a banger from Western Sydney. You always say that. And your opponents must respect that. They just know, like, we're This is fighting. Get... This isn't fucking, this isn't. We're heavyweights. If yeah. I hit you, yeah. If I dink them, I sink them. Yeah, yeah. But you got to dink them first. That's the hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the name of the sport, you know. And uh, and that's why, you know, I got a lot of people say whatever what they want, but I'm out here competing against mm. the best athletes in the world. Yeah, man. Fighting is one of the hardest sports ever. Hundred <laughs> percent. The so, hardest sport. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. I love it. And I'm very grateful and thankful for the sport. Yeah. Um, to give me all these opportunities that I've had. Well, you know, I love the fight game and I love the mentality. I love if you had a team full of fighters, you don't lose with that mentality. Mm. And I brought you into Origin Camp once. Remember this? There's you. There was uh, Tyson, Pedro. I introduced him as the mad student, the studier of the game, the professional, whatever. And then uh, Chuck Mundine came in. Yeah. And Bilal Hackaway, mad on the body shots. He was number four in the world. That was, was a good yeah. one. So. And um, 
Mate, I'll never forget it because the whole idea was get just get you guys around the boys and we were bonding over a bit of fighting and that, but we're not fighters, but so over in one corner I've got Chalk and he's he's talking to Nathan Cleary about like a young Nathan about and he's punching him and he's like, You're the general brother there, listen to you, brother and and, and Chalk's in his ear, ready, getting him ready to play this state of origin game. And uh Tyson's over there. I said, Hey Tyson, just put a bit of pressure on. I wanna see how this guy handles you know, like, and then like Bilal, I've said, Bilal, go and bang the body of whoever. I want to see how he responds to you and whatever. So, and I turn around and then you're in the corner with Latrell Mitchell. <laughs> and you're basically like hugging him just with like a couple of little taps. And I walk over, Ty, what are you doing, mate? And you said, oh, I'm just asking Latrell where we're going tonight. <laughs> you know, like. Oh, uh, you always have fun doing. There's what one you in do. the team. That's yeah. me. You yeah. always have fun doing what you do. The, the music you come out to, like, what's with that? Like, you've had some pretty cool. Yeah, did, did you come just, out to Celine Dion. Yeah, I've come out to it all. Yeah, but that's the. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, that's me. Just enjoy, and they they remind me of my mum. They mostly the songs me and my mum cruised around when I was little. So they remind me of my mum, but it's more. Like, fuck, I'm having fun. Mate, oh, I've had And so I'd rather much. everyone else have fun too. I love, well, mate, I've had fun doing this. So oh, thank you. Thanks so much for jumping on this show, mate. It's been a, I love what you're doing and I love the fun you bring, the energy you bring. Thanks, bro. Shot my bro. Thank you for having me. Best learning you will ever do will be traveling. Give yourself space, time to creatively think, to learn, to meet people, or take a vacation with your family. Give yourself that time. And there's no better person or people or company to help you than the people at Tripadeal. Their experienced agents will look after you from start to finish. They will plan your flights, your accommodation, your car, your excursions, whatever you need. If you want to plan a trip of a lifetime, Tripadeal is the place to go. Tripadeal.com.au